Chapter 3 The Unwilling Champion Armor seemed a bit overkill for Jack to be wearing for our fight. He had never thought about wearing armor before, especially not armor so primitive. Jack was covered from head to toe with armor that looked like it was specifically designed for someone fighting in a coliseum in ancient Rome. Red tassels were fitted around his waistband, covering his hips and part of his legs. He wore sandals on his feet and leather straps around his chest. The only things protecting his upper body were shoulder pads and a bronze helmet. He had leather bracers fitted around his wrist, which didn't hide the black veins popping out of his arms. They were impossible to miss. Jack had no idea what kind of poison they had injected him with over the past few weeks. But progressively, he had been getting weaker each day. Not only that, but he was losing talents as well. One day he was able to walk through walls, the next he wasn't. It was as if he had forgotten how to use that power. Forgotten how to use that muscle in his body. The man wearing white clothes checked him over before speaking some foreign language that Jack didn't understand. He looked like he was sent there specifically to make sure he was fitted correctly, or something. Jack puffed out his chest in order to look more buff than he actually was. Jack wasn't extremely muscular. He was toned, but not intimidatingly muscular. Because of his height, people automatically assumed he was pretty strong. He didn't need to be super buff. The man wasn't impressed. At least, he didn't seem to be. What was that language? After speaking, the man raised his eyebrows, like he had just asked a question. Jack looked confusedly at the man for a moment, before shrugging his shoulders and shaking his head. The man scoffed and gestured for Jack to follow. They walked through a dark hallway while the man spoke that language again. Jack wished he could understand what he was saying. It would make this whole situation a lot less confusing. They reached the end of the hallway, where light was leaking through, along with the thunder of a cheering crowd. Uh-oh. The whole Roman Colosseum idea wasn't seeming too far-fetched at this point. The man in white stopped and gestured for Jack to exit out the doorway. Before Jack passed him, however, he said one more thing in that foreign language while wagging one finger in the air. Then he made a gesture that looked like he was playing the trumpet. If only Jack could understand him. There was no way he could decipher what the man had just said, no matter how many gestures he made. For crying out loud, Weeks of being towed around like cattle, and he still had no clue what was going on here. Might as well bite the bullet. Jack stepped out into a large circular clearing, exactly how he would have imagined Colosseum would look like. The crowd went nuts when they saw him. Apparently, his opponent had already been waiting for him at the other side of the clearing. A wave of heat hit his face. It felt like the sun was closer than it was anywhere else. It was way too hot. Strange. The heat never bothered him before. This poison must be affecting more than just his powers. His tough skin must be getting weaker as well. He'd better be careful for this battle. Under normal circumstances, he would have no problem flattening anyone that stepped in the ring with him. But these were not normal circumstances and he wasn't so sure. Maybe there was another option. He looked into the clear blue sky and realized this clearing had no roof. He could just fly right out. Granted, 
He would have to make sure that assassin thief guy wasn't around. He'd probably be the only person able to capture Jack at this point. After a quick scan of the crowd, he decided to make his move. He ran to the center of the clearing while the other man tensed up, preparing for Jack to attack. One man in a high balcony stood up as Jack crouched down and jumped as high as he could into the open sky, free as a bird. At least, he would be free as a bird if he had made it. He was doing fine until two ropes looped around his neck. He struggled against them, flying with all his strength and might. The rope shocked him and yanked him down. He hit the ground with a thump and skidded to the wall, followed by a cloud of dust. His opponent, a huge man both muscular and fat, gave a loud bellowing laugh as a slender man in red Arab clothing jumped from the stands and began walking toward Jack. Jack took note of every detail of what just transpired. The fact that he wasn't able to fly against the ropes or move any faster than normal speed unsettled him. He didn't even break the earth when he fell to the ground. He was lighter than he was before, and definitely weaker. He picked himself up and brushed the dust from his tunic as the man in red Arab clothing closed on him. Jack twitched a bit from the electricity still coursing through his bones. The man in red turned around and spoke that foreign language to the crowd, and they all began laughing. He told a joke, most likely at Jack's expense, and then he turned to face Jack with a smug smile on his face. Hello, friend. My name's Layek. I am the translator, the man said in perfect English. Jack was so taken aback that he nearly forgot to respond. You speak English, Jack said, feeling relieved that there was someone he could speak to. All of a sudden, he felt a lot less alone. I speak all languages, though I don't fully understand every language the message gets across. The man gave a slight smirk. That's your talent? You're omnilingual? Jack was nearly shaking with excitement. That's my power. Talent is a term only used in the United Americas. Subcountries have no idea what you're talking about. But I'm not here for a lesson in culture. I'm here to explain the rules. You seem to have not gotten the message. You are property of Great Prince Mahal, son of the lion. That's him over there. He pointed to a man in the top of the crowd, brilliantly dressed in purple Arab clothing. Your name doesn't matter. Your past doesn't matter. All that matters is that you are a slave. You are property. That is your life now. Your escape attempt was cute, and it gave the crowd a laugh. But another will end in your execution, public and brutal. Your opponent is a Paul. He is undefeated in the Colosseum. This will be a fight to the death. Only one of you may walk out of here alive. You were bought at a hefty price, so you will be expected to perform as if you're worth that money. Make a good show of it now. The great prince's father, the lion, is here. He is the ruler of this particular subcountry. He will be watching to see if his money paid off. Do you understand? He pointed to the crowd where a man in massive black armor sat next to the prince. His beard was long and braided, and his armor had a red lion on the front. Layek snapped his finger. Slave, 
Do you understand? Jack nodded his head, holding his chin and trying to soak everything in. Yeah, he said distantly. I think so. So there are no rules to this fighting. And did you say it's a fight to the death? Layek chuckled. Yes, that's all. I told the servant dressing you to brief you beforehand, but obviously you wouldn't be able to understand. So I'll give you a rundown. You see those men standing on the pillars? He pointed to four men standing on giant pillars surrounding the clearing. Their attention was glued on the prince, and they were holding golden trumpets. If the great prince gives an order, they will blow their trumpets, signifying a number of things. Sometimes the great prince will want to throw a weapon or two in the battleground. Other times he will want to allow powers to be used in battle when they weren't before. The trumpets will sound signifying the beginning and end of each battle. Can you understand that? Jack nodded comprehensively. Layek began to walk away, but turned quickly regarding Jack once more. Oh, and by the way, you kill a Paul today and you will be granted your freedom. Jack's eyes shut open wide. His freedom? A man's life for his freedom? Was Jack willing to go that far? The trumpet sounded, and the crowd roared as the huge man began walking forward. Jack was still indecisive as to whether he should kill this man or not. This man did nothing to him. He had no idea who this guy was. Was freedom worth having that blood on his hands? The man didn't stop at the center of the clearing like Jack thought he would. He swung back his arm and punched Jack in the face so hard he was launched into the wall behind him. The wall cracked, and Jack fell forward onto his hands and knees. As he stood, he was hit by a blast of powerful air that knocked him back into the wall. The bursts came in timed increments. Jack barely had time to think before another powerful wind burst knocked him back. It wasn't painful but it was extremely annoying. It was extra frustrating that he was facing the wall. He couldn't even see how he was doing it. Was he using his hands or simply commanding the wind? One thing was for sure. There was a pattern to his burst. If only he could tap into the power he used back in the museum. That speed was unreal. That could really come in handy. He closed his eyes between bursts and tried his best to recreate the scene in his head reliving each emotion that he felt on that day. The fear, frustration, and rage. Then he snapped his eyes open. Nothing. He felt no different than he did a moment ago. Dang it. He definitely wasn't as fast as he used to be. But maybe he was just fast enough. He waited until the next burst, and right as the wind pushed him forward, Jack pushed against the wall, causing it to cave in where he pushed. He grabbed some rubble from the falling debris and threw it at the man. The piece of wall hit him square in the nose, and he stumbled backward. The crowd stopped cheering for a second, then it erupted in cheers, laughter, and encouragement. The man held his nose as blood gushed onto the dirt below. Jack tried running around the man in his usual style. He came to a halt behind the man. In a normal situation, Jack would have been running so fast it would have looked like he had just appeared behind his opponent. However, he was so drugged up from the mysterious black poison in his veins 
that he ran at a snail's pace. At least, it felt that way to Jack. He kicked the man's knees out from behind him, winding up to punch him in the back of the head, when the man swung his arm back, scoring a direct hit on Jack's hip bone. This took him off guard. The pain was immediate and intense, like he had just bumped into the kitchen table, except a thousand times worse. The man cursed as Jack doubled over, holding his side. It sounded like the curse word was in English, but that's ridiculous. Why would this man know English curse words? He wiped the blood from his nose and spit on Jack. He kicked his side, right where Jack was cradling the pain. That just added insult to injury. He grabbed Jack by the leather straps around his chest, brought his face right up to his own, sucked in, and blasted him with a massive burst of wind point blank. Jack's cheeks flapped from the wind, and his eyes grew wide. But otherwise, the wind was pretty ineffective. This confused and frustrated the man, which brought a smile to Jack's face, which insulted the man, which amused Jack. He could only imagine what it must have looked like from the crowd's perspective. Two men staring each other down, one looking like he was about to crack from laughter, the other looking like he wanted to spit in the first guy's face, as he did, several times in fact, until Jack landed a powerful uppercut to the man's stomach sending him flying backwards. The pain from his hip wasn't completely gone. It was now mixed with annoyance at being spat upon. The man's face was priceless when he realized how ineffective his talent, his power, was on Jack. Most people react to one of two ways. Either they are scared to bits that their most trusted tool of combat isn't working, or they just get angry and think that if they try harder, it will have a different outcome. This man chose the latter. The man gathered his wits and rose to his feet, and Jack kicked him back to the ground. It was about time for Jack to get serious. There is something about being spat upon that just turns your stomach. The man flipped to his back and Jack punched his chest, knocking the wind out of him. His eyes widened as Jack grabbed his long beard and began dragging him to the center of the clearing. The plan was to hold him up and slam him to the ground. Hopefully this would knock him out. Surely they wouldn't make him kill an unconscious man. The man grabbed Jack's arm, twisting around, kicking his side. Jack felt the rib crack, and his shoulder came out of socket. He dropped the man, who came to his knees and tackled Jack so hard, he too had the wind knocked out of him. The pain from his shoulder was unreal. The man began relentlessly punching Jack in the face. Jack's blood began pooling around his head, and the ground began to split with each punch. After several punches, his head sank into the dirt. Jack used the leverage from his hips to bump the man off and roll away. There was no way he was going to put his arm back into Saffron himself. He'd have to just fight with one arm. Jack spat blood onto the ground as the two of them stared each other down. Time to end this, 